Kyle Wright bounces back from some early game struggles to pick up his 18th win of the year as the Atlanta Braves take down the San Francisco Giants 5-1 to one on Tuesday night, pulling it within half a game of the New York Mets and the NL East. Dansby Swanson provided some of the offense with a big two-run homer, showing why the Braves may want to keep him around. We'll talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we're covering your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball and check out my bio there to see where I'm covering the game of baseball. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed on YouTube. Hit that thumbs up button. And notification bell if you are watching on YouTube. Leave me a comment in the comment section as well. And thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. On today's episode, we're going to recap Tuesday's 5-1 to one win, talk about Kyle Wright's performance, which looked kind of ugly early, but was able to turn things around. Talk about Dansby Swanson and his big hit and the Braves potentially needing to bring him back. Uh, after this season talk about some minor league updates as well where the Braves had some exciting games down on the farm including a good performance from Ozzie Albies and then we'll preview Wednesday's afternoon's game but on Tuesday the Atlanta Braves do pick up a five to one win despite falling behind one to nothing in the first inning against the San Francisco Giants on Tuesday night the win ends a three-game losing streak for the Braves, their third three-game losing streak of the year after not having one for a long time. So they put that to an end, and the Mets lose to the Chicago Cubs again with Jacob deGrom on the mound as their offense fails to get anything going against the Cubs pitching. And so the Braves are back within half a game of the Mets in the NL East. So a big day for the Braves as far as how the NL East goes. Kyle Wright was on the mound for the Braves Tuesday night, looking to bounce back from a rough performance he had in Oakland as he continues to kind of battle some arm fatigue uh, that we saw him get skipped for a couple of weeks ago, and then we even saw this start get pushed back a day. His final line, five and a third innings, three hits, three walks, one earned, four strikeouts, and 100 pitches to get through those five in a third inning so it was a real battle for him early on he had a lot of long at bats you know early on in the game it drove up his pitch count defense let him down in the first inning a ball hit to eddie rosario in left field that i think he's got to get to and i think an average defensive outfielder gets to this is where braves really need ronald acuna jr back in in right field um you know I know Robbie Grossman isn't spectacular out there, but I feel like he makes that catch. Um, But that really hurt Kyle Wright early on. And I don't know on the Acuna front, I don't know what the timetable is for him to get back in the outfield. I would think you have to at some point. My kind of guess assumption is they're going to ride him out in this DH spot as long as they can in hopes that his knee can heal up and be fresh 
for the postseason is what I think they're doing. So I think maybe we'll see the last week two of the season, him back out there in the outfield, kind of testing it out again. And then I would think in the postseason, I think you got to have Ron Acuna Jr. in right field. I think that gives you your best chance to win if the knee can stand up to it, if the knee holds up. But certainly, you know, the outfield defense much better when you have Acuna out there. Uh, but that did hurt Kyle Wright in that first inning because the run ended up scoring. Giants took a one nothing lead. And then in the second inning, Kyle Wright got two quick outs, but then the wheels kind of fell off. He he lost all control. He walked two batters, gave up a single, which loaded the bases with two outs, and then he fell behind Yastrzemski 3-0 and and just did not look comfortable at all. They weren't even close misses. But then he did come back, and he threw a 3 3-0 strike to him and then got Yastrzemski to fly out to left field just before the warning track. That was a – that may have been the biggest moment in this game because it felt like the felt like the wheels really could have fallen off there. You could have seen the Giants put up a big number. Jackson Stevens was up in the bullpen for the Braves, so Snicker was ready ready to pull the trigger. I think yet he let one more batter on. You know, not too different than what we saw from Spencer Strider the other day as well. You know, he had Jackson Stevens up in the first inning, but Spencer Strider was was able to get out of that and then kind of cruise through the next five innings pretty similar for Kyle Wright you know he was very close to being out of this game in that second inning it was over 50 pitches through two innings but he was able to get out of that second inning without giving up a run and then he settled in and retired 10 of the last 11 batters he faced with just a walk in there um, so he really settled down he talked about after the game you know the meeting on the mound that he had with with Kranitz and how he was able to you know, kind of get him going. He said he maybe had slowed things down a little too much, and Kranis was able to kind of ramp him back up, get him going. Whatever it was, it certainly worked, and he settled down and was really good after that. And he picked up his 18th win of the year, uh, which is significant. Since 2000, only Tom Glavin, who did it twice in 2000 2002, and Greg Maddox, Kevin Millwood, and Russ Ortiz have registered 18 or more victories in a single season as a Braves player. And Russell Ortiz, as we've talked about before, he was the last Brave to win 20 games, and he did that in 2003. So whatever your feeling are is or about wins, um, you know, Kyle Wright has gotten 18 of them. I think that's pretty spectacular, incredible. You know, again, in a guy that's pitching around a three ERA, something that hasn't been done in a long time in a Braves uniform since 2003. Would still love to see him get to 20 wins. But I almost think it may be better and more beneficial to skip him and maybe Spencer Strider, a start or two here down the stretch to keep them fresh for the postseason. You look at this West Coast trip, both guys really struggling with command uh, and having some some big innings and you just wonder are they getting tired a little bit i mean velocity looked okay i know it was down a little bit for spencer strider on monday kyle wright's velocity was was about on season average tuesday but again as you go down the stretch here and these guys getting into territory they're not used to i wonder if both starters could benefit from being skipped and the braves you know have the ability to do that with guys like Kyle Muller, Bryce Elder that you can bring up, hopefully Mike Soroka pretty soon, even Ian Anderson if you wanted to. I think the Braves have that luxury that they can do that and skip Strider and Wright 
you know, maybe a time or two down the stretch to make sure they're they're fresh and ready for the postseason. So maybe something to watch out for going down the last couple of weeks of the season here. But I would love to see Kyle Wright get to 20 wins. So I certainly don't want to see him get skipped too many times. And then the bullpen was fantastic to finish it off. You know, they were great on Monday as well, keeping the team in that game. I love that Brian Snicker brought in A.J. Minter in the sixth inning to face some lefties. I know they ended up pinch hitting for one with Jonathan VR, but I like that strategy uh, of using A.J. Minter there and what was, you know, a close game at that time uh, to get some lefties kind of strategically using him. And then he uses McHugh in the seventh inning against the bottom of the order and then Iglesias in the eighth inning against the top of the order, and then has Jansen finish it off. So I thought that was pretty good strategy there by Brian Snicker as far as when he deployed his best arms. You know, again, using Mentor against the middle of the order where they had some tough lefties, using McHugh against the bottom, Iglesias against the top. Uh, and then the Braves added one more in the ninth inning to make it a four-run game, but still you brought on Kenley Jansen there. You know, a good opportunity for him to get some work in a lower leverage type of situation. So great job again by the pitching staff on Tuesday, who was good on Monday as well. And thankfully this time the offense got going early. And again, a big hit by Dansby Swanson, who again is making a case for why he needs to be the Atlanta Braves shortstop of the future. We'll talk about that next. We're winding down. The nights are getting longer. But the breeze isn't the only thing that's getting stiff. That's right. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, we all know that confidence can take you far in life, and it's especially true in the bedroom when it's time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique service online that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready when the opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. With Blue Chew, men everywhere are excited to see the postman because when your package arrives, Package arrives. Go to bluechew.com and use the promo code locked on to get a free month's supply and just pay $5 in shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code locked on for your first month for free. The offense put up double digit hits again. This time they scored a few more runs with that as they had some more extra bases, extra base hits. They scored five runs on 10 hits, three walks, just five strikeouts had three doubles and a two-run homer, three for seven runners in scoring position, seven left on base. We're able to score early in this one. We talked about that yesterday, the inability of the Braves offense on this road trip to be able to score early against the other team's starter. And again, another starter in Jacob Junis, who you know pitched into the sixth inning, didn't record an out in the sixth inning, uh, but still the Braves were able to at least get to him early in this game, got one in the second inning and then three in the third inning. But then kind of went silent again until the ninth inning. They were finally able to add on a run. So, again, I'm not trying to be overly critical of this offense, but you would certainly love when they score early like that to add on. It's just right now it's right now it's either they're scoring early or they're scoring late. There's not really much in between. And we've seen this offense when they're clicking, they're scoring early and they're scoring late. They're scoring all throughout. 
So you would love to see them get back and see this offense clicking again. I'd still say at this point, not quite there, but certainly, you know, we're able to score enough to get the win on Tuesday. And a big part of that was Dansby Swanson had a two run homer, got a hanger just up over the middle of the plate that he drills out to left field. It was his 20th home run of the year. Now back-to-back seasons in which he's had 20 home runs and, you know, when he's showing that kind of power and he's playing gold glove level defense, you know, he's really making a strong case for why the Atlanta Braves need to keep him around. So, again, I think that price tag's going up maybe to a point where I don't know that I'd feel comfortable giving him $18 million a year. Um, but I think he's starting to show his worth and what he can give you. He had a big hit on Monday as well to drive in a couple of runs late in that game. You know what he does in clutch situations. So, look, I love Dansby Swanson. I want him to be the Braves shortstop for the future. I've been wanting that for a while now. He's having a a great year at a great time for him. But you know Alex Anthopoulos, he's not going to overpay, and he's not going to overpay off one great year that Dansby has had. But, you know, what he brings you defensively, what he brings you in the clubhouse as a leader, and again, with 20-plus home runs, you know, a year giving you that type of power, you know, double-digit stolen bases. I mean, he's he's certainly showing his worth, and we saw that again on Tuesday night. Travis Darno picked up three hits, again, showing his worth as well. He got credited with a double on a ball that went right to the right fielder. I mean, it was hit hard on a line drive. I think the right fielder just lost it in the lights, but went off his glove. They ruled it a double. And the Braves were able to take advantage, and that's what I loved in this inning. You know, you got the two-run homer for Dansby, but then you got a a bit of a gift by the Giants that put Travis Darno in scoring position for Michael Harris, who then came up with a hit up the middle to score Darno for a big add-on run there in that third inning. So I love that right there, that even after the home run, uh, the Braves continued to hit the ball well and came up. Got, got some help from the Giants, and then were able to take advantage and add on another run. Acuna with some good swings as well. You know, always looking for signs of him to to kind of break out. He had two hits in the game and also had a line out. So good to see him swinging the bat pretty well. Hope that that can continue. Von Grissom got the day off, uh, you know, struggling a little bit. Again, I mentioned in Monday's game, I just thought there were some errors defensively. I know he only had the one error, but I thought there was just a couple of plays there where, uh, you know, plays that he could have made. Um, But you bring in Adrianza at second base, and, you know, he draws a couple walks. He made a couple of nice plays defensively, started a double play there to help Kyle Wright get out of a jam, which begs the question, what's going on with Orlando Arcia? We have not seen him, I don't believe, hardly since he's come back from injury. And then Adrianza gets to start at second base on a day you give Grissom off. So I don't know what the plan is for for Arcia right now. I thought he was ahead of Adrianza in the pecking order there, but uh, we haven't seen much of him lately. And then finally, wanted to talk about Matt Olson and Austin Riley. They go 0 for 8 on Tuesday. They've really been struggling on this road trip. I know Matt Olson had the big three-run homer in Oakland, but both guys really struggling lately. Riley at least had a couple of hard-hit balls in this game, including one that traveled 390 feet. I thought he got that ball out in the ninth inning. 
Olsen struck out three times. I mentioned the Braves had five strikeouts as a team on Tuesday. Three of those came from Matt Olsen. He just looked completely lost at the plate on Tuesday night. And you saw the frustration from him, you know, spiking the helmet, throwing the bat down. He knows he's not, you know, hitting at a level that he should be right now. Uh, and I know it's frustrating for him. His average is sitting at 240 on the season. You know, that's that's just entirely too low. I know batting average isn't the end-all, be-all when it comes to stats, but that's still just too low. You know, he might need to sit a day, and it's great that he's been out there every day and he's played in just about every inning. But I think it might be a good opportunity for him on Wednesday to take a seat and get the off day on Thursday. You know, let him get his mind right, work on some things uh, before you go back home because he just doesn't look right at the plate at the moment. I know the backup options at first base for the Braves aren't great, but I think he just he may need a day. He just looked completely lost at the plate on Tuesday. It was pretty evident some of the swings. I mean, he's missing 92 up in up in the middle of the plate, you know, just swinging through pitches that I feel like he should be crushing. Um, so it's been a rough stretch of things here for Matt Olson lately. Need to get he and Austin Riley going. Braves could have some help coming back in the way of Ozzie Albies. He had a big day on Tuesday night at the minor league level. We'll discuss that and set you up for Wednesday's game next. Down on the farm Tuesday night, Ozzie Albies had a five-hit game for Gwinnett, including a walk-off home run. Certainly great to see Ozzy Albee starting to get have some good results. Been a bit of a struggle for him in his rehab assignment. Now, full disclosure, all the hits before the home run were pretty weak contact. He had a couple of bloopers that dropped in, an infield single, a ball that he just kind of poked up the middle. Um, so it's not like he was necessarily tearing the cover off the ball, uh, but that home run, obviously, to dead center was a nice swing off a lefty. Uh, which you know he crushes. So good to see some good results for Ozzy Albies, who could be working his way back soon and could provide a big spark to the lineup. And then at Rome, they also had a walk-off hit on Tuesday night as in game one of the uh, South Atlantic League Division Series. Cal Conley had the walk-off hit there. So good to see for Rome, who's getting the postseason uh, started early for the Braves. They get a walk-off win in game one of that series. All right, turning our attention to Wednesday afternoon, Braves play a, a day game. Not only do they play a day game, they're going up against Carlos Rodon. So this is going to be a tough matchup for the Braves on Wednesday as they look to win this series and go home with a winning West Coast trip. But Carlos Rodon will be a tough customer to go against. He's an NL Cy Young candidate, a 293 ERA, 105 whip, and 212 strikeouts in 160 and two-thirds innings this year. Over his last seven starts, he has a 272 ERA, a 0.98 whip, and he has 54 strikeouts in his last 39 and two-thirds innings with just nine walks. So been very good lately. Pitched against the Braves back in June and gave up just one run on three hits and one walk with 10 strikeouts over seven innings. He has double-digit strikeouts in four of his last five starts. So for a Braves lineup that is Wold strike out a lot going up against a big strikeout pitcher and Rodon, uh, not a great matchup in a day game in a series finale where Braves typically struggle, especially on the road. 
Uh, this does not bode well for the Braves getting a win on Wednesday. And in order to do that, they're going to need a great start out of Charlie Morton. And honestly, he's just been okay his last four starts. He gave up three home runs in Seattle. He's given up six home runs in his last three starts. And he's got to throw strikes to this Giants lineup, as we've seen. This Giants lineup is really like the Mets lineup in that they take a lot of pitches. They foul a lot of pitches off. Uh, except this Giants lineup doesn't have quite as much pop, and they will strike out a good bit. But Charlie Morton has walked at least two batters in four straight starts now, and this Giants lineup will take advantage of that if you are not in the strike zone. So need Charlie Morton to have a good start. Need him to match Carlos Rodon and keep the Braves in this game, and hopefully the offense can get something going, run into a couple of pitches for some big home runs. Um, if the Braves are going to win on Wednesday afternoon. And like I said, with a win, they would have a 5-3 and three West Coast trip, which I think obviously would be very satisfying. They lose, they go 4-4, four and four, you know, not the end of the world, but certainly would love to win this series and come home with a winning West Coast trip. So that's what the Braves will be looking to do on Wednesday afternoon in San Francisco. That will do it for this episode of Lockdown Braves. Thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of every day. Now go make a Locked On MLB your second listen where Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective from every team talking about the biggest stories from around the league. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. You can follow me at shortstopball. Also make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 